The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Totally aside to everything we've been talking about already this morning, but I've since remixed and re-released um, the intro music to our show. Oh yeah, um, I thought it sounded a little different. It does sound it does sound pretty different because I I I did a lot of work on the guitars. That was the biggest. That was one of the biggest um, production things that uh, that was lacking in the original recording because they were direct, no amps, no amp sims. They were pretty pretty digital, grainy kind of kind of stuff. Anyway, um, the part of me is torn on the on the vibe of the new the new stuff okay um because the vibe of that original recording it just had a cool swing to it uh had a cool something to it um but uh but the new the new mix it still kind of has that but it's missing something that i did back then because that was that was 2009 that i mixed that one um yeah technically it sounds it sounds much better yeah go back and <laughs> go back and magic yeah yeah anyway um i've thought about i've thought about replacing our show intro music with the new version but i'm also thinking well maybe not <laughs> okay we'll see uh, i do still have the multi-tracks if you want them sure um i'll take them just uh um, now that, yeah, now that you're, now that your system's up and going again, right? Uh, the, the template still needs work, uh, but uh, I do have things a little bit more organized. I, I still got a little bit more organization to do. Hmm. Um, but with this job that's coming up, I have a different template that I should be focusing on. So tell us, tell me about this job. You, you, you teased me while we were, while Getting we were coffee. loading up with coffee. Yeah. Um, um, what's going on? So, what is it? I, I think like Monday or Tuesday, I just decided to go on SoundCloud and see if I had any messages in the, like last year that I haven't been on SoundCloud. In the last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, didn't, but I, I noticed that um, someone that I've communicated with the possibility of working for in the past, I had... Re- um, had uploaded a song and I, I listened to it and I made a comment saying, Oh man, it's been a while. It's nice to see you're still making music and like commented on like, it sounds great. Uh, of which then he proceeded to send me a message on that platform. Um, like one was a comment replying to my comment on his song, uh, being like, Oh yeah, it has been a while. Thanks. And then there was a personalized message saying like, 
hey, my other band, we're looking, or we're in the process of making a record right now. Would you be interested in mastering? <laughs> awesome. And so I, I pretty much said, oh, yeah. Uh, and then they asked me how much it would be for a test master, of which I, I did a little bit of thinking, because, like, you're willing to pay me for a test master? Like, th that's weird, but... You know, I, I decided, you know what? No, I'll, I'll do it for free. And then we'll talk about payment for the record if you like what I did with the test master. But uh, that's fair. I that's, am, that's standard practice in the industry anyway. Yeah. I'm competing with uh, a big time metal producer. Cool. Who has uh, worked on Meshuggah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. Well, at least, at, at the very least, you'll be able to um, well, win points for price. Maybe I don't know. Like metal guys are like ev the the top tier metal guys are not that much more expensive than me. I don't know but, about this guy because I've right. never competed against him before. But like, right. there's some other guys that I've competed against and have very similar prices with. Others, I was like way out of their league, and like they were charging like quadruple of what I charged. But yeah, yeah, well, I was I was gonna say um, the ma the dedicated mastering engineer that Roland went to for his band's album that still hasn't come out. Talk about record companies dragging their asses. Um, oh, is it the record company that's? Uh delaying it yeah are they he, trying to market it or are they saying it's not good enough no no they're they're saying yeah we're working on getting it out for the last what is oh. it that was you could June just go of, to cd baby and release it yeah but roland's tied to a contract well i the, i understand right? but yeah. like the people who are in this record label like the, they have the resources where they could just yeah. upload it or whatever and mm -hmm. release it Unless they're manufacturing CDs, manufacturing vinyl. Okay, well there will be yeah. a late uh, a wait list to that. Hmm. So, but that's not the thing that's delaying it. Yeah, it's it's when when Roland gets back, we should we should bring him on to talk specifically about it because he is so annoyed with this guy. It's hilarious. I um, just find it. Oh man, that would frustrate me. Anyway, so to a point where I'd maybe contemplate just trying to find a way out of the contract. <laughs> yeah, they, but well, I mean, whatever. They have they have some new prospects um, uh, in front of them anyway um, for the next record. They're, I guess they're doing a full length at the end of this year. Excuse me. Um, they're doing a full length at the end of this year instead of the the three song EP, which is this one. Anyway, so I'm gonna stop burping. Um, uh, the the metal the metal mastering engineer that he used for that EP yeah um, was a price per minute what it, yeah yeah well because because it uh, rather than working per song because the band like it, Roland's oh, Roland's like, EP guess, is like yeah, is, is like twenty minutes long and and it's it's only four songs right yeah or three songs it's three songs and so there are some like full lengths that are that long full lengths well and and yeah so yeah so the this guy this guy charges by minute um and he was he was easily twice 
um, twice what my price would have been. Uh, so like a hundred dollars a song or somewhere it, it, around it, that ballpark area. It seemed to work out about that. Yeah. Anyway, back to, um, back to this, this mastering gig. Yeah. So by the sounds of it, it's going to be 11 songs. Awesome. From the research I have done. Sweet. So I'm, I mean, my rates are $50 a song. I'm thinking I'll probably give them a 25% discount on that. Right. So normally what's what? 550 drop it to 400. That's what I, I'm thinking of doing. That's fair. I'm not telling anybody on the podcast who the band is because I don't need anybody uh, sniping me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> um, that's awesome to hear, though. Yeah. I feel like this year-long struggle of you getting your system back up and going is finally coming to an end. Well, just it's been me being lazy, part of it. Yeah. Uh, and then with uh, Mary telling me, that she wants me to build a studio and like, she's getting really into it too. Like yeah. every time I talk to her and like, I'm like, cool. are you sure? Are you really sure? <laughs> like she's getting annoyed with me saying like, are you sure? Cause this is going to be a lot of money. I'm going to spend a lot and it's going to be proper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be me setting up a, a few speakers in a room. It's going to be me building rooms of like weird shapes yeah uh, and she's like yeah yeah i know and then she's like <laughs> talking about how she wants to do the the marketing and stuff and be involved in the studio that's awesome so yeah with her wanting to be involved in it like when you guys have a couple of years before she's done school anyway right uh she's got one more year of school after she's done this semester Gotcha. Okay. So that's the point where, that's the point where you got to start taking it seriously. Well, that'll be the point where the physical build will start. Um, right now it's gear acquisitions <laughs> and I am suffering from gas very badly. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I've been a, um, negative in negative uh, influence as far as that's concerned. Well, you're the one who's making me spend six grand. You, you introduced me to that thing. And then I and tried to talk I you to, I tried to talk you out of it last week. Yeah, I know poorly, <laughs> but like I, I talked to accounts guy at work. He says, Oh yeah, we could do it. I talked to my manager at work. He's like, Oh yeah, we'll make it work. And then like talk to Mary. She's like, yeah, I want you to have that. <laughs> like I thought for sure Mary would have been like, pushing on the brakes a little bit it's like wait a minute but no <laughs> uh, so then i talked to a, a guy at antelope and he's just feeding me all this information that just makes it even more interesting by the way mm. uh the effects on the antelope are don't work like uad you can't use them as inserts in your daw yet Oh, so it's all, it's all the, um, it's all on board. Okay. The, uh, the interface, which is still cool. Uh, you would and... just, you would just run the antelope itself as your insert, like a, like a hardware insert. Yeah. That would go you out can to... run. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. You, you can run an insert on, in your DAW and go out to the antelope and then back in. That's kind of cool. Actually. That makes it, that makes it 
more in line with with a hybrid mixing situation anyway right yeah but they are developing um the ability to do plugins the ability to uh uh use all their uh their uh software as mm. inserts in your DAW. have they um have they given you any sort of timeline as to when they're uh, hoping to be i well i currently just asked if that was going to be a uh a thing that existing users get or if it's going to be a separate thing my next question will probably be a timeline if so you're able so let me throw this at you um you this might be a good reason to hold off on buying the goliath because one thing that antelope has done is they've those kind of improvements that they've included Mm -hmm. have not been backwards compatible yeah in the well, past so it might, it might be it might be worth waiting to buy the goliath that's until, why i'm asking is yeah. if this uh thing they're developing that he's this guy's told me about um is that going to be something that existing users get or is this mm. going to be something in the future so that i, I understand like, what you're saying yeah. yeah so like if it is a thing that's going to be included in future models then i'll probably hold off Mm -hmm. um and then on top of that i asked what their warranty policy was because if i'm dropping that kind of money i, I would hope that they have sure a good yeah. warranty i looked into telefunken microphones they have a three-year warranty on their di boxes i didn't even know they made di boxes they made a di box they have oh, a, yeah, both active right. and passive di boxes so so sweetwater just did a di um shootout and um, it was very extensive. I have it listed on here somewhere because I wanted to spend some time listening to it, but I won't have time for like a month. Yeah. Um, but part of the studio build is also looking at like what I want the microphone lock. All right. So, yes, we'll explain that there was a Pro Tools crash. And okay. We've had to not restart, but we're going to pick up where yeah. you were talking about you were talking about the uh, deciding your mic microphone locker. locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not about the real plate reverb. No, the microphone locker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not building a plate <laughs> reverb. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so what do you um, what do you not have for a microphone locker? What do you need for a microphone locker? What are your? Well, you, let, let me ask you the thing that Matt, that Matt McGlynn from Re Recording Hacks says. <sighs> What do you what do you need your mic locker to accomplish? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Oh, all right, because like I'm gonna rent this space out to other engineers and stuff. So I've been asking people like, what do you need out of a studio? And like I've been trying to come up with a list of microphones that I would need, and a lot of it is just like for now. I think I'm just going to be like, this is my dream locker. <laughs> right uh and then i'm going to go through that list and be like okay for the first little bit what what can i get away with not having which you know that's going to probably drop a significant amount of those lock those mics yeah. off the list that makes sense so okay I do have a lot of dynamic microphones on that list, though, of, like, must-haves. What are your must-haves? Um, I have my list right here, actually. 
my must-haves. I got, I'm thinking five to seven 57s. Five to seven of them? What are you, yes. what are you planning on using 57s for? Well, this is what people like is 57s. I, I, I understand. What are, what are people planning on using 57s well, for? I'm going to build a live space that yeah. can be good for a five to six piece band. Six piece so, probably be a bit crowded. I'm talking about, I'm talking more about the specifics. Like what yes. are you putting a 57 in front of? Well, like there's going to be amps. Okay. So two, uh, and then two for drums. Guitars. So you, like the okay. snare. So that's four. All right. Some singers might want a 57 or something. Right. Uh, and like that number is partly there, like that high to be like, and backups because it is a cheap mic. So to yeah, have a okay. backup in case one goes down, I can, I can gotcha. swap something out real I quick. Gotcha. Okay. Two fifty eights because some singers, they want to hold yeah. a microphone. So sure. That's what's there. And so the 58 uh, is just basically a nicer sounding 57. So yeah. Uh, I just have one seven B on this list. I don't see a need for more than that, but if yeah. it does arise that I need another one, I'll just get another one. Yeah. Um, rent one for cheap. Right? Yeah. I was thinking to start three to four spirits. I already have two. Yeah. What would, what would this, what would the usages of the spirits be commonly? Uh, probably vocals. Okay. Um, apparently according to one of my coworkers who Sounds like he'd probably rent this space out a lot. Mm. He likes them on drums as like room mics okay. or all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, he likes putting them in front of guitar cabinets. So I was thinking three to four to start because that, that's a pretty decent number if, if someone's going to use them for a lot of different things. Fair enough. Um, two starlights, and that's just like an overhead microphone. So. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking three to five MD 421s. Okay. Probably going to be closer to that three to start. And then yeah. as needed, I'll buy the additionals. One RE20. Okay. And then that's pretty much my must-haves. You're not going to have like, the like, a, like a kit of Audix mics? Maybe. Those are, those are, those I'm are pretty to... must-haves for some guys. Maybe. Uh, I I don't know. It's, Fair enough. I need to figure out what I'd want for a kick drum mic. Mm. Maybe I'll have a couple. Like maybe I'll have a D6 and a D112. Fair enough. And then, I don't know. And then I'm thinking, what else do I need? Do I need a flagship mic or... And then if I do, what what flagship mic should I have? But that is the list as I currently have it. It's just a lot of dynamic microphones. It's um, It became painfully clear to me too late that, um, that buying microphones so that someone will rent your place or buying gear so that someone will rent your place doesn't ever lead to it doesn't ever lead to business well i, I like i've not i've, in, I've not seen in this that market anyway and i've uh that's why i'm not gonna buy like a u87 right i have the spirit <coughs> the spirit is sounds like 90 percent of the so what would you what, what would you consider a, a flagship mic then well, i was thinking like either a ribbon or a tube mic just something that's like colorful 
Oh, okay. Um, so you have like, a specific one in mind, like like the uh, like the um, Telefunken RFT series type of thing. Well, I was thinking maybe the CU twenty nine because yeah. one, it's the cheapest of all of them, and it also doesn't clone anything mm-hmm. like the others do. Like the others are like, oh, we took this part from this microphone and this part from this microphone, combined them in to make this microphone. Because like the AK-47 is a U-47 and a M-167 or something like that. It's the it's the hypey version of the... Yeah. yeah. Then the other one's like a C-12 and a something else. It's, it's an Elam 251. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas... The CU twenty nine, like they don't give you. It's, it's this most, is like this. Yeah. It's just like um, this the, is different. <laughs> the best, the best comparison that I've been able to find is that it's a poor man's U sixty seven. There's not no? okay, but is U sixty seven a not a tube? No, the U sixty seven is the tube version of the U eighty seven. Um, okay. More specifically, the U eighty seven is the is the FET version of the um, of the sixty seven of the sixty seven. But okay, yeah, all right. Very mid, very mid focused, very mid forward. <coughs> um, okay. Well, of course, the sixty seven super vibey, but yeah. Well, yeah. I was thinking the CU twenty nine, but yeah. at the same time, I might buy two of those because maybe somebody will want a stereo pair for some dumb reason or a bloom line. <laughs> uh, you couldn't do Bloomline because they're not. Um, they're oh, not, they don't have not the multi-pattern. No, they're, are they uh, just, cardioid? just cardioid only? Yeah, which is fine well, for like ninety-nine percent of purposes. Okay, maybe someone will want XY, but I don't know. But that's, maybe that's I, what you have the Astons for. Yeah. Right. You know what? Yeah, that's that's right. You know, if someone is, is if someone is, goodness gracious, busy. Yeah. Um, if someone is renting your place, which is going to be a it's a glorified home studio. Yep. Right. Um, they're renting your place with the intention of you know just renting the place from you with a fully stocked cupboard. Yeah. At the price point that you're sitting, you they can't expect you to have custom choices of everything they want. Okay. Right. The, the what, what what I imagine most engineers that rent your place would be um, would be what do you have that does that does bloom line? Mm-hmm. What do you have that's omnidirectional? Okay, and and from there they'll say, okay, I'm gonna do a mid side with um, with your Aston mics because they can do that. Yeah, right. They're not gonna be they're not gonna be hypercritical of. Well, it's not, it's not a, um, a C12. Yeah. And, and what I really want is a C12. So why aren't you now? I have had some idiots come along and say that very thing to me. Why don't you have a George Massenburg EQ? Because it costs a retarded amount for $30 of money. $30 an hour. Exactly. Exactly. Because I would have to charge you $60 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> or more or more although although i'm pretty sure the audio department has one that i could rent yeah. 
But eh, yeah, like but, I mean, the, a part of me is just going through this, and I'm sure I'll probably drop a lot of these like super expensive mics. Yeah, I could, dude. I I could I could even see you dropping a handful of your um, handful of your dynamic mics that are well, essentially yeah, chances essentially are I'll probably drop right like yeah. a lot of those too. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm just currently going on like a. If I could, this is what I could, I would get. And then I'm going to work through that list and figure out what's the bare minimum mm. I need to start. And then as needed, expand the locker. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that makes sense. You know, um, that's the thing that I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was also thinking of the R84 by AEA. Mm, beauty. I'm actively seeking a pair to mine, like a, a second one, because it, they're so amazing. I've used it a couple times on uh, as a mono drum overhead, or as like a fat mic, where I'll, I'll I'll try to get it a little lower than I would put an overhead. You have an R84? I do. You didn't know that? No. Ah, I do. Uh, I've actually toyed the toyed with the idea of us doing this podcast, all ribbon mics. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, we, I was thinking about that, but I'm not sure if I'll get it right away. Cause I would have to make sure that whoever yeah. I have coming in knows the, knows about ribbon mics <coughs> and isn't going to destroy it. Well, and that's, that's the thing, right? Um, yeah, you, you have to, you have to, you have to babysit regardless. Well, I, I know I have to babysit, but yeah, like I, I'm not going to be able to watch them every second. And then when they accidentally hit the phantom power on the channel that has the, yep. the ribbon, like, I mean, I'm going to make it clear. If you break my stuff, you're paying for the repair. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but like I might hold off on that particular mic as much as I would love to have one. I, I, I might hold off on it just because I am, that's one of the reasons that's one of the reasons why um whenever i rent out the studio to another engineer um i make sure that i have an assistant there to watch out for those kind of things because i i don't expect it's unfair to expect every engineer that's coming in at my price point which is pretty cheap to know all of those basics especially if they've never used a ribbon mic yeah you know um or if they've never used a console with this many channels and they they get lost as they're as they're going their way up the up the board to find the preamp and they accidentally hit you know two channels over Roland's really bad for this laugh every time he starts he starts going up along a line and then somewhere along the line you'll just jump over <laughs> and he's he's two channels over from where he started jeez <laughs> yeah um so it's it's not it's not fair to to expect everybody to to get all that stuff or to to know all that stuff and be mindful of all that thing so you have an assistant there but yeah. it it also oh good i spilled coffee on my keyboard i'm not necessarily going to be able to have somebody who knows that stuff though which i mean I mean i'm going to be very selective of who um mhm rents the space but but that's the, the, the same problem still arise so i have to right. make sure that people 
understand the difference between a passive and an active ribbon mm. and not to run phantom power through my passive ribbons right yeah which yeah. i'm you could just you going could just, to try and vet those guys who don't know that stuff but you know what you could do is you could just um you could just stick to active ribbons that's part of what i was thinking is yeah. probably get like maybe one or two and 22s maybe that too um i've heard some really good things about the active version of the r84 is there an active version of it? Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what they called, but it's it's a got a it's got a gold grill or a, like a brass grill instead of a, instead of the silver plated grill. Okay, um, but otherwise, it's the same thing. It just has an active an active buffer in there to buffer against the preamp, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind having a healthy selection of tube and ribbon stuff, but yeah, and I'm, I'm leaning towards probably having starting with more of the tube stuff and then may, and then adding the ribbon stuff mm -hmm. later i find i find um the larger setups the more complicated setups tend to tend to dissuade renters from using them you know uh for example the um the cathedral pipes yeah the U u47 clone that we have um big mike complicated um setup i mean it's not complicated yeah. for someone who's well, used to it but and that's part of why I, I think i'd feel safer with tubes because the person who doesn't know how a tube amp or a tube mic works they're going to be swayed from using my super expensive mic because it requires you to take a seven pin cable plug it into the microphone <laughs> go into the power supply yeah uh turn on the power supply it like the the tube mic i have the polar pattern is on the 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 select is on the uh the power supply so yeah, then like, i think most of them to, are too yeah yeah well some microphones they're on the microphone itself Who? but um, yeah. i know that that's going to sway the the guy who doesn't know what a tube mic is yeah um from using it because they're, they're going to be confused. They're going to look at the microphone and be like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel safer having an expensive tube mic with all rather of, than a, a ribbon. With, <clears throat> with, um, with all of the problems that come from tube mics, and they're made, they're made even more so in a, uh, in a home studio where... Um, unless you've, unless you've, uh, dug down to the electrical and re redone the electrical, there's, there's more grounding problems and more, more ground loop issues with tube mics. Um, would it not make more sense to invest in tube like mics? Uh, something, one of the ones that specifically pops into mind that is significantly cheaper than most tube mics, um, is the Audio Technica their take on the u47 although it's probably the the fet 47 mm -hmm. um with their uh at 4047 and it's a it's a they call it a vintage sounding mic um but it it has that it has all that all the characteristics of of what you'd want out of a u47 um mellow high frequencies really detailed mid-range and a really larger 
bottom end, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, nice little, it's, it's their, their typical 40 series, yeah. um, uh, casing and maybe, you know, it's, it's something like that might be, to look at. yeah. So, so those kind of options might be, um, might be good to, to consider because then you save yourself the, the extra hassle that can go along with, with extra stuff. And your bike locker will seem less intimidating to, um, to guys that are renting from you. Okay. I'm looking forward to whatever mm. Aston has down the road. Cause apparently they have a microphone announcement this year and cool. another one next year. I'm thinking AEA, they're going to announce a new microphone. Or what's that um, recording hacks? Their microphone company. Yeah. Um, they have the mini K47, um, which is supposed to be one of the nicest mics um, on the market for under 500 bucks. Okay. Um, is that another FET 47? That's, they've never mentioned that, um, but they have, they have said that the, the capsule they use um, is inspired by that, uh, the, the 47, uh, that style of capsule. Okay. Um, but they have, they haven't mentioned that it's a, that it's a mod, that, that it's a, a version of, they've just, it, it might even just be a, a new design by them. Cause it's, it's sure. Matt McGlynn and, and whatever the other guy's name is, but that's what I'm liking about Aston microphones a, a little bit is uh, they're not focusing on emulating mm-hmm. anybody. They're focusing on making something that people like something different that yeah. is useful to people in the field. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've heard these, these K40, these mini K47s and they're not <clears throat> all that small. I mean, they're a little smaller than the shore mics here. Um, but uh they're um they're being used everywhere from um from voiceover stuff to drum overheads to loud guitar amps to close on acoustic instruments hmm. um and and everything seems to be coming back uh Glenn Fricker from Spectre Sound he he got a pair and he said they've become his one of his main voiceover mics and his main drum overheads. Um, Cool. He's been, he's been raving about them for the last year. Um, And of course I've, you know, Matt's been, been uh, promoting them quite a bit since too. So Hmm. yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I would love a locker with like some tubes and ribbons at some point, but that's fair. That's fair. It's hard to, it's the gas, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I'm, I'm not, I'm taking my time with it. Like I'm probably not going to add microphones like to my collection for at least another year. Have you looked up the Peluso? Um, I think, I think the Canadian, the Canadian distributor is called Canadian audio distributors. Something like that. They're a Peluso microphones distributor based out of Ontario. All they sell is Peluso microphones, um, and they have put together um, mic lockers that you know, like a, like a small, medium, and large mic locker, um, where you get disc, big discounts on the 
on the collection as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get you get so many like great essentials, and most of their mics are tube, and great great sounding tubes. Okay, cool. And they have everything. They have everything from the from the Josephson um, style pencil mics, C forty twos, something like that. Yeah, um, all the way up to. Um, to the U47s and they, they have a, they have a U67 clone. Um, they have some, um, they have three different, four different versions of their ribbon mic, um, same engine, but they have a, they have a, it's like a passive ribbon mic and a passive mono ribbon mic, passive stereo ribbon mic with the two capsules you can twist for your your angle. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they have tube versions of each of those. A tube ribbon mic? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Never well, heard of a Royer, tube ribbon mic. Royer ha- Royer does that, hey? Do they? Yeah, they have um they have a one twenty one or a one twenty two V, which is the tube well, version is of that. Is that why that thing's stupid expensive? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've just always looked at the price tag and go like, I'm not interested because that's a retarded amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that, that's why. Yeah. And then I went on studio economic the other day and I found like a package of a, a, a U 47 and a U 67, $40,000. <laughs> and it was like, like new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's nuts, man. I mean, th- those microphones are, worth a, or no it was like 36 or something like that but still and i mean i know that those microphones are worth that in the current market i guess when you're just looking at market that makes sense but i can't i cannot I see the think value. it's a stupid amount of money for that microphone and i just I, don't see the value i don't see the value either i right. don't see ten thousand dollars in a u47 like we we spent what it was three grand on our u47 clone I would and love a cathedral pipes microphone. He's got some new ones too. Uh, yeah, he's got some ribbons and fence mm. and yeah. The only thing I dislike about their microphones is the whole church theme. Because I have to remember the church associated with the microphone, and so I just call ours the chaplain. Easier to remember, easier to say. I mean, the Notre Dame is not a hard one to remember. <laughs> fair enough but but then there's like the rosenberg which i think is their tube it's either the tube or it's the fet or not the tube sorry the ribbon or the fet yeah i don't remember i i I don't remember either and I, i i just don't like their naming scheme i think it's amusing and it's a cool gimmick that they have but i want something that's just easy to remember but that's that's part of that's part of his image, right? Yeah. Is you know, it's cathedral pipes. It's it would be cooler if it was named after the the cool organs in these cool cathedrals. Maybe. Right? Yeah. But that would be and and, and for, shit, for all I know, maybe he's naming them after um churches with great organs. Because the organs themselves are probably all custom made. Mm-hmm. Probably don't have a specific designation. It's just the organ at Notre Dame, the organ at Rosenberg, Rosen. Um, that's a, there's some, whatever. There's more to it. I just use Rosenberg as. Yeah. 
And he's Canadian too. Living in California. Living in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can't argue with a guy following where the work is, right? No, I can't. I mean, he lucked out on CeeLo Green walking in a studio where his custom-made <laughs> microphone was. Well, that's that's half the battle is finding the luck. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I, I would love one of those microphones. Mm-hmm. Strictly for the vibe that they give alone. Yeah. I am. Um, Gearstuts is starting started to send out. Um, they've started to send out uh, newsletters letting you know about what um, what conversations are going on that you might be interested in, hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> and one of the things they they sent out was was uh, best chain for rap vocals or something, right? Okay. Or they probably said hip hop vocals, but um, that's like I've I I have come down to this amazing um this amazing chain for my for all the hip-hop if i don't know what to expect from a singer i set that up i set this one chain up which is the cathedral pipes the Notre Dame, into the la 610 okay into a do i go to the i don't remember if i go into the deester first or the uh the rnc the fmr audio Okay. RNC 500 that I have. Um, Would make sense to go into the DSer first and then followed by a compressor. Maybe. Um, but the LA, I don't, that, that actually might change based on, based on the singer, but right. you know what? I think I sent it up the RNC and then into the DSer as, okay. as, as a default, but um, it's a, it's a fantastic default because anyone other than the really loud people, in which case I can just turn the gain down. Um, it's been a perfect setup. I can do the really bright thing because mm-hmm. the EQ takes, takes uh, or the, the mic takes EQ really well. Um, can do the really big and warm thing because, of course, that whole setup. You got a lot right? of tubes in there. And uh, between the optical compressor in the LA610 and the, and the RNC doing this really nice just... Mm-hmm gloss over everything it's awesome been really great yeah i was thinking of maybe getting a 610 i don't know if i want to get the la 610 or just a regular 610 though Hmm. i don't think i would get um just a regular 610 i'm not sure that uh so much of the gain staging that i love out of the 610 is how you can push it harder at the preamp stage and then turn it down at the, um, with the compressor at, at, the, at the compressor stage, even if you're not using the compressor mm-hmm. and the standard, the, the 610 solos and the, um, the dual 610, they just don't have that. Yeah. You have to route in the chain away to turn them down or, or just not, not run it as hard. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, 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 I might hold off on that purchase though, because I have, I'll already have 16 <laughs> mic line preamps and four instrument preamps. I left so. out, I left out buying mine though. It was an old, um, Lung and McQuaid rental that someone had bought and then resold and then resold. And then I got, okay. Yeah. 
by the time by the time I found it, um, actually it was it was Sean Bosch that found it on Kijiji and he sent it to me and I I purchased it within an hour and a half of it being listed. <laughs> yeah, because he was asking he was asking eight fifty and I negotiated him down to eight, which is a great price. Yeah, I'm sure he regretted it instantly, but whatever. Yeah, you got a great product for a really good price. Yep. I'd take a second one in a heartbeat. Um, okay. So we intended to talk about acoustics in this one, but we're clearly not, we're talking about the gear. So let's continue down the gear path. Sure. What other things are, what other things are on your plate for, for gear? Like you're making notes about stuff that you need. What other things are you looking for? Uh, well, like the, the 610, I, I was thinking I would need, I don't know of any other like two preamps that I would need though, but I was thinking I would like a small collection of tube preamps because the, the Goliath isn't going to have that tube. Right. But it could have, I mean, it, it does have all those, all those preamp emulations in it. Right. Yeah. And I haven't looked at which ones. Okay. Yeah. May, maybe they have some tube preamps built in there. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they do. Um, it makes sense like, too. I feel like I want to go look now. Um, antelope audio. Um, why am I in? Um, plugins. Let's take a look at that. Uh, plugin descriptions. Here we go. Um, yeah, yeah. The um, I mean, <clears throat> I certainly prefer the old school way. Like, I'd I'd rather run through a nice tube preamp. So you have that character. I would um, too. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe I was just under the assumption that uh, they didn't have those, but it, I don't know. I've been focusing on like the compressors and EQs that they've been mm-hmm. giving. Cause I know like those are very valuable. Right. Uh, in terms of like just functionality. I haven't looked at the, the preamps. Uh, they, <clears throat> excuse me, just based on their, just based on their website, it doesn't look like they have preamps. Um, I thought the discrete, the discrete has, I know they have mic emulations for like what yeah. are intended for the discrete. Um, I don't they know. They have compressors, equalizers, and guitar classics and, and or reverb. reverb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course the microphones, but okay. Well, so yeah. So I was thinking I would get some, some, uh, tube, tube stuff. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Cause I, I imagine that, that like I've, I've heard the, the discrete preamp and I'm assuming they're using the same preamp in the Goliath. Mm. So it's a very transparent thing so i was thinking i would get some stuff with color as added bonuses but those will probably be like down the line as the studio makes money right some purchases that yeah are just added bonuses for whoever's coming in that's fair um i've been looking at i've been looking at a um another another 1176 clone 
on the subject of compressors that uh made by mohog have you heard of these guys i have heard of them yeah yeah they, they have they have cool they use a wood plate oh cool uh as your front plate reinforced by steel but mm-hmm. um that comes in different stains you can get like a like a like a black stain you can get a purple stain there's a they have a blue stain and a and kind of a like an orangish wood stain um, it all looks super cool um but one of the things that they do is they include two different um output transformers that have very different sonic characters mm-hmm. um one that's supposed to be a little more a little more clean and balanced um because they're they're compressors based on revision f so like the, the the more cleaner version okay but flick a switch and suddenly suddenly it's a different transformer in there that um that is supposed to be more indicative of revision a and so it's got that brighter more forward sound to it hmm interesting yeah um it's it's something i i really am interested in because i like that idea of of i I know i want to use this tool the 1176 is the tool that i want Mm -hmm. but now i also have some tone options with it yeah yeah I, I'm interested to see it, and they're not that much expen. They're not that expensive. They're not as expensive as the Purple Audio M77, I think is theirs, okay. whatever. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so so back to your uh, preamp choices. Yeah, a couple channels of two preamp, like a couple channels or like four channels. What do you think? I think four would be plenty if I even get to that many. Mm. Two would probably be even plenty of of two preamps sure so like two la 610s i don't i don't see the need for more than that mm-hmm. one thing about the la 610 is you can't stereo um stereo i was thinking first that okay. so just in case you were no no yeah. I, I wasn't thinking of stereo i was thinking for like just i don't know maybe there's two singers you want yeah. that tube warmth cool running running tube preamps on uh on uh overheads though okay tubes well, tubes didn't... on overheads really saturate nicely especially on a snare drum well you could mm. carefully just balance the the preamps to try and get a, a decent stereo image out of them yeah, too that's fair. if somebody wants to do that especially if you're if you're on overheads if you're bypassing the uh bypassing the um the compressor anyway yeah because those are those are pretty slow compressors right yeah yeah um uh maybe some rupert neve uh design preamps portico stuff yeah yeah you like i like those yeah i could see myself getting uh four channels of that Mm. um maybe i get a uh 512 or even probably two 512s mm-hmm. or a clone of a 512 the warm audio stuff yeah yeah uh maybe a neve again could go with warm audio because they have the neve the neve clone yeah. they're expensive though i'm they're a lot more expensive than i would have expected yeah they seem to be bringing their prices up now in terms of like the new products that they're releasing mm. like they've built their name as or they've built a trusted name so now they they can charge for 
overcharge for the name a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's Which, fair. I mean, you, okay, you, but you, you want to see them. You want to see them make their make some money so that they keep doing. Yeah, it, I right? want to see them make some money, but they've already established themselves as a cheap alternative to like vintage gear. Well, I mean, comparatively, they still are cheap alternatives to vintage gear. Yeah, like even even these new prices that are more expensive, they are cheap alternatives. Yeah, but cheap. their five twelve was supposedly really i haven't listened to the 512 that they did yet but it's supposedly close to the api close to the older versions okay the, the the new modern versions they don't sound they don't sound much the same but that that was never the point they were they were supposed to be an old they were supposed to be a a vintage vintage the, from the 70s era apis yeah yeah which are a little less little less quick a little more saturation and and grit okay I, I i think someone should correct me but no one listens to us anyway so no one will um but i think that was i, I think that was where they went with the clone um it does really it does really break up nice and you don't even have to push it all that hard excuse me to get that breakup Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe a couple channels of that. Uh, how many how many channels of preamp would you need? I don't you know. Have sixteen in the. Uh, I have sixteen analog in, in the Goliath. Um, I I don't think I would need more than sixteen channels of color. Ever. Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't think you'd even need half that. Yeah. Well, right. like so far, like I've already got eight. And I, I'm struggling to think of any more that I would need. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe down the line, something will come up and be like, oh, you should get this. Right. Like maybe somebody will make an SSL thing and there's a demand <laughs> for me to have it. Yeah. Despite the fact that I don't care for the... I don't understand everybody's obsession with SSL. I really like the bus compressor. I know everybody's obsessed with that. And it's a pretty good compressor i think it's overrated yeah sure it's it's overpriced i don't think it's overrated but i i, I do think it's overpriced okay I'll, I'll give you that one yeah yeah because it um it does the thing that it does really well yeah 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 um, I, I think it's a good compressor yeah i think though there's too many people who like hype it up a little bit <laughs> as a recent convert i feel like I feel like I'm, I believe the hype. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, um, did a mix last Friday, another analog mix, right? Yeah. Still, still working through that same set. Um, and I ended up using, now I'm usually, I, I'm usually, usually the guy that does like one, two, maybe three decibels of bus compression on the two bus. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't usually do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, catch some peaks a little bit, squeeze down. I, I do like to cascade my, my compressors. So I, I, I like to have an optical compressor in there, kind of, gen, you know, ease everything together, yeah. but then something a little faster to catch peaks a little bit. But <clears throat> I decided to run, run everything through one of the IGS S type compressors. And I found myself 
finding a sweet spot for the whole mix running what the meter said anyway was averaging about six to eight decibels of compression and it just it just like squeezed everything together like a hug <laughs> it was it was great my only my only issue with it was there was there is a a section there was a section in this particular song guitar intro with shots t- typical thing right yeah um and the guitar itself seemed just a tad loud at the beginning mm-hmm. so i had to make sure that i had i had it just a touch quiet going into the compressor at the beginning and then bring it back up yeah. right uh and then there was a section in the middle where it, it it breaks down to to this really basic tom thing where it's going he's going back and forth on his toms yeah. and it made the toms come out just a little bit too much so again i had to take my my drum bus and and just duck that about five decibels um when we when i got to that section then bring it back up for the for the next part okay easy enough to do um but it, it it made the toms it made the toms sit in the right spot yeah because it wasn't much compression going on in those those yeah. sections yeah makes sense but man it was it was it was holding things together quite nicely and i'm i was surprised that i had that much compression going on Well, it sounds like you're really into it. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's one of those new toys that I'm finally playing with and, yeah. and I'm happy with. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. And like I said, I think it's a good compressor. I just think there's too much hype behind it. So you won't be getting one of those. I'm probably going to hold off on oh, board outboard gear? like compressors, EQs in general, because mm. like a, a part of the appeal of the Goliath is ha- having all those all that stuff built in digitally built into the box itself. Would you have, um, would you have a second computer monitor, computer screen, to um, to kind of run? Like, it, uh, let's let's pretend that the Goliath is your is your console, like your your it basically your analog, will be right. Would you have like a separate screen for that versus the one screen for the DAW, so that? you can easily go back and forth. I know you run two screens anyway, right? But uh, no, I run one. Oh, you run one? Yeah. I don't know why. I thought Currently. I, I'm thinking I'll probably have two. I don't know how I'm going to set it up, mm. but I'm thinking I'll have two and I'll have one that's movable so oh, yeah. that if you don't feel like you need it, you can just move it out of the way. Um, and then the other will be right. One. Um, yeah, I'm actually thinking I, the main screen I'll get like something like what Roland has here. It's with like um, the super wide screen. It's like a three foot wide screen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wide screen. It's a like it. It's really a wide screen. Like the idea in my head though is I'm not gonna have it up like that. It's gonna be maybe tilted sideways. Oh, I got so you. that you can easily see over the desk. Mm. And then I, uh, the second screen you can set up so that it's in front of you if you need it to be in front of you. Fair enough. Cool. Or well, we side. we didn't stay on topic at all today. We wanted to talk about. We didn't even enter and... the topic. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know what? That's that's. We're just... still talking about studio builds. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. All right. See, See ya. everybody. Follow our hosts on Twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.